Welcome to Maximum Octane and your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution in the automotive industry. I'm your host, Kim Hickey, former shop owner turned industry educator, speaker, and entrepreneurial motivator. Each week during our ride together, you will hear unfiltered stories of inspiration and transformation shared by successful business owners and CEOs. Their experiences will motivate you to do things you never thought possible, encourage you to reach your full potential, and help you to exchange unproductive habits for productive ones. While many of my guests will be related to the automotive industry, it's crucial in the world of tomorrow that we stop being silos and we open our minds to ideas and inspiration from other industries as well. We also know that to be truly successful in business, you must have a healthy work and home life balance. All of my guests are handpicked with these crucial elements in mind. Our industry is evolving by the second, and we need to as well. Buckle up, because here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of Maximum Octane. Joining me today, my very special guest and dear friend, Mr. Aiden McDonald. How are you, Aiden? I'm great. How are you? I am just fantastic as always. I get to live my dream and have all my passion projects like this and work with people like you. So it doesn't get any better than that, does it? I've been I've been a project of yours for quite a while now. Yeah, first smidge there, first smidge. <laughs> so you're joining us today a little bit behind my time zone. You're in Livingston, Montana? Yes, ma'am. So tell everybody where Livingston is in case they're geographically challenged. The best way I can describe it, most everybody knows where Yellowstone Park is. We are the north entrance to Yellowstone Park. So I'm 50 miles to the north of Yellowstone Park. Okay. So I think everybody can relate to that. So here's how I relate to that. When you talk about when we're in a meeting and it's like April or May, and then you get a text message that the roads are closed because of (laughs) snow. I just know that I don't want any part of that. I Grew up in the Northeast and had my many years of digging out snow and defrosting windshields and all of that. And the thought of roads closed for snow in May or April, my brain just does not, because I've been living in the sunny states for for too many years now. So (laughs) you recently had a transition and that is in your business name you you've had uh, you had a few different divisions of your business so why don't you explain a little bit about what those are and what you were doing and then why did we have to come up with a name change and so on and so forth well first my primary business was automatic transmission specialist my dad and i started it 20 years ago we didn't open the doors it was a up and running transmission shop So we purchased it and the name just kind of went with it because there was already an established clientele. We muddled through that for 10 years, break even business, not knowing what I'm doing wrong, finally found you guys. So fast forward another five years, it was becoming evident and I heard it at 20 groups and Zooms and why do you have that name? Because it's not what we do. When we first started the business, 80% of it was transmissions. I meet ATI, all of a sudden that percentage starts dropping, struts, tires, alignments, brakes, tune-ups. And I started taking it real personal when a customer that we had established a relationship would come in for a drivetrain concern. One of my guys would call him, ma'am, you need an oil change. 
Oh, I didn't know you did that. Well, after you hear that about 5 million <laughs> times, something had to change. So then it was the whole rebranding, I would say, was a three-year deal. The first two years were me finally getting the courage to make the change. And then a year of focus groups and what images work, what names work, what do you like, what don't you like. Fast forward, here we are, full name change. My other business is GOS Performance. Again, I bought that business out from a, a gentleman that he was in business for 15 years. It was parts wholesaling. Primary focus was diesel, turbos, injectors, fuel pumps, big parts. We had been buying from him even back in my Ford dealership days. He took me on when dad and I opened up the business. He was getting to the point of retiring, reached out. We love how you guys run your business and we want to see you take over GOS performance. And it was pennies on the dollar. He even carried us on it. That business has been, I think we're on our 14th year of operation in that business. And it's still, it's, it's changed a little bit over the years, but it's still primarily diesel performance parts, diesel repair parts all over the country. In fact, Prior to coming on with you, I was remoted in on a customer's computer from Iceland. Wow. So we really do have customers all over the world. And then lastly, the third business, it's called Destroked. Uh, I do not own that business. We are the only point of contact in the world. All phone calls coming into Destroke come to us. Destroke is now essentially a machine shop in Denver, Colorado. Uh, we do all the sales and tech support for their products. So that's the third business. So now to keep everything kind of sort of straight, we, we yep. have it all under Greybeard, right? Beard Automotive. Yep. Okay. And there's a whole story that goes with that. And hopefully one day you'll come back on and uh, share, share with us and how it came about. But yep. what I wanted everybody to take away from this is sometimes we get in the way of our success with the messaging and the branding and we're married to a name because we think for whatever reason, it might be sentimental. It might be, that's the way it always was, uh, or, you know, we've been that for so many years and people think it's impossible to change their name and they'll lose all these customers and so on and so forth. And I think you have to, you have to look at everything with fresh eyes and those names served you very well in the past with yep. your businesses, but they're not your future, those names. And it's easy to just cling on like a man on a sinking ship or woman or whatever. And want to just hold on to something that doesn't serve us anymore. And that's important to remember. It's okay to grow and change and make changes and even exciting. And I see your new swag right now. It's pretty cool. So it's just always... <laughs> Fund for new swag, right? So, I, it, uh, it is the first time since we've been in business that people are willing to purchase our swag. Ooh. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Very, very on trend. Very on trend, the look. So obviously, you've been navigating three different businesses for a long time now, and some without the best name and some confusion on what you do with the branding and all, but you've managed to grow 
your business and prosper and expand and all of that. So obviously there were things that you were doing well and that helped that. So, so what's something that my listeners can do immediately to enhance their life or business? So for me, and this is not branding related, I can't even say it's really business related. I was really good at going to a 20 group or going to ATI to a class and coming back with the fire. I'm on fire. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And I was really good at getting my employees buy-in. But what I wasn't good with was it never stuck. I would come back and implement something, get everybody's buy-in. We're on the same page. And because we didn't continually address it, whether it be through meetings, one-on-ones, I would say the average was three to six weeks. All of a sudden, the great idea is gone and we're back to normal again or back to the old ways. Buck the system, buck the system, buck the system. It's evident that even with the best intention set in a meeting schedule, and in fact, we just had this meeting yesterday with my front-end management team, that all too often we set up in a meeting, but we're in the trenches eight hours a day and a job goes south or we didn't get an estimate done. And pretty soon the trench warfare takes priority over a meeting. And I've operated my business for so long where that was okay, because that's what keeps the doors open. We got to keep the customers coming in. I, for the first time in my life of owning this place, the meetings have to be more important than the trench warfare every day. And I hope that makes sense. Once I started sticking to the meetings and I have a whole meeting schedule, all my employees have the same schedule. Once we started sticking to it, short of a family emergency or sickness, that meeting takes priority over anything that's going on in the business. That is just music to my ears, Eden, as you know, and (laughs) consistency is everything. And the minute that you let things slide or don't get to it or can't get around to it or some other fire blew up, you're telling everyone involved that this is really not important. 100%. We keep moving it. We keep changing it. We keep doing it. And if there's anything in the world that people need Children, adults, everybody of all ages is consistency and they want to know how they're doing, what's next, right? And so it's crucial for anyone's success to stick to their meeting schedule and and just their word. And Uh I think a lot of people think when you get busy that it's okay to shift stuff around or just be like, you know, we'll just, we'll catch up on that later. We have this fire going, but the fires never go out. They never stop when you don't get control. And later never happens. Later never happens. And then the next week, a new fire. And pretty soon when you realize that you've lost focus on what you were trying to do, you're starting at ground zero again. And there's, Again, this was a super conference and I forget who the speaker was, but you and I I think the day was 22 days. You need to repetitively do 22 days in a row for it to become habit. I disagree with that when it comes to meeting schedules, because it's not like we're doing that every day. This is every other week or every two weeks down the road. That's a bigger time frame. So for for instance, my text, my mentors and I do a book reading. 
We meet every Tuesday at noon. And for that to become habit, it needs to be over a four or five, six month time period, not three meetings and it's habit. And that one is a huge, huge priority. In fact, uh, one of my texts, and and I'm proud of this, I'm proud of him for it. One of my texts was injured two, three weeks ago. And on that Tuesday morning, he wasn't coming into work. He wasn't cleared to go back to work yet. He called me, hey, should we do our Zoom for the book reading? That's with him at home. And that's more that's more buy-in than even I had at, in that situation because I was here at work and I was okay with not having that meeting because he was at home. It wasn't okay with him. And I'm super proud of that. Very proud of that. That is incredible to have somebody want to go that extra step and give that discretionary effort. So yep. can you talk about that book reading a little bit and explain to our listeners what that is? So the book reading, again, I've bucked this. Oh, man, my people aren't going to be into that. They aren't going to want to read books. The mentor program that two of my techs are signed up for, they both, Jim did a beautiful job on this because they, he evidently, and I haven't sat through what they went through. I'm assuming it's pretty similar to what I sat through, but they both came out of there knowing the importance of, here's a few books we need to order. We need to start reading these and we need to start discussing them as a group. And I'm like, Jim's good because I never had the courage to approach one of my employees about doing that. So I, right behind me here, we actually have a bookcase in my office now. We are finishing up our second book. The, what I love about it so far, they're books that I have read at some point in the past. So it's not like an epiphany for me. Oh, this is new material. This is great. I've read it. I'm not getting quite that out of the book readings, but what I'm getting out of it is talking about what we read and applying it to our lives. And I am developing a deeper level connection with two of my employees just from those book readings, because it inevitably goes into how, how does this book apply to my life? Here's what I've been through in my life. Here's what I'm struggling with, with my life. You know, that's, that's a deeper level culture than I ever thought we could have. And it's from the book. Okay. So basically you're doing a little mini book club with your technicians who you're teaching and you have them in a program to really become mentors and along with being managers and all of that. But book clubs, I, I think in our, in our industry, sometimes our industry gets a bad rap because people are like they're mechanics or they're technicians. We're not about reading books. Technicians are very intelligent. They wouldn't be able to 100%. do what they do without it. And so many times we shortchange them and we think about doing books and other things just for management or the front office staff or whatever. And the technicians love it. They embrace it. And people just automatically dismiss a lot. And they're like, I'm a, if I go out there and tell my techs, we're going to start reading a book, they'll laugh me out of there. And they go yep. out and they ask just for the heck of it. And they're like, yeah, they would love it. And it brings up such wonderful, rich conversations, as yep. you said, and really helps to, to get to know them. So that is just fabulous that you're able to enjoy that with them right now, for sure. So listen, you have smaller children. Yep. You have a wife with a business. Yep. <laughs> you have three businesses, basically. You are rebranding, you're 
becoming a, a much better leader and mentor yourself, learning to coach your people, learning to do so many things. Where are you finding the time for all this? Because that's a lot of things that I get in questions after podcasts, or even when I talk to somebody in coaching engagements, like that's easy for you to say, Kim, but where the heck am I supposed to get the time? I'm constantly putting out fires. It, you know, doesn't matter where I am. I get, you know, interrupted all the time. Somebody's always asking me for something or telling me something. So where do you find the time to do all these things? I had to finally, I was, I, I felt like I was, uh, what's the best word for it? It, it was like a five gallon buck with a hundred holes. Okay. <laughs> An octopus without a head. What? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think of the right analogy, but yes, a hundred percent. And that's not going to change that, that, you know, that's part of owning a business. There's part of me that loves the chaos, loves the stress. That's one part of it. But for me to rebrand, it was evident that you have to prioritize time every day, not once a week, every day. I have, thank God I'm blessed with people that are on the same path as me. And I'm starting to delegate more of what I thought I had to do. For instance, I haven't talked to a customer one-on-one on the phone for an appointment in probably two years. Three years ago, I thought that was impossible. I have not invoiced, billed. I still help with estimates, but what I'm delegating work to where I can be an owner. Now, part of being an owner is I'm here every day. So I do get pulled into the trenches sometimes, maybe not with customers, but with my back end customers, I do. I had to slot time for me to be an owner. Slotting time to be an owner, three, maybe five hours a day. That's where I had time to focus on rebranding. That is where I have time to focus on mentor meetings, front end management meetings, family lunches. Those had to become a priority in my life in order to do this. So it is budgeted every day. If I come in and I'm in the trenches for three hours in the morning, okay, guys, I'm heading to my office. I close the doors and I do owner things. You make it sound very easy. And I know that's what a lot of people are going to say. And they're like, oh yeah, it's easy to say, I'm going to go do owner things. So can you give us an example of if you have 10 o'clock from 10 to 11 scheduled to do quote unquote owner things, in one of your internal customers comes, knocks on your door at 10.05 or 10.30 and it's like, hey, do you got a minute? How do you handle that? Uh, that's why I do shut the doors and my front end is trained to, he's in a meeting, he's away at training, but I, I had to take it to that level for this to stick. It had to become a priority for me. And it, Yes, I know what this sounds like. It does sound easy because I've heard others say it. And I was like, (laughs) it's different here. You don't understand. Uh, You might be able to close your door, but where I am, it doesn't work like that. Once you commit to making that time a priority, then it becomes easier. And uh, Kim, I'm not without my faults. I miss our 20 group. I miss our 20 group. That was very important for me to get to. And I got pulled into the trenches because I lost two techs two days before. So I'm, I'm not perfect and life happens. But as soon as life happens, get through that fire, get back to your priorities. So, no, I'm not perfect. And it doesn't happen as often as it used to. But 
I do know now that if I don't get back into my habits, when I finally do, you're back at ground zero. Do you remember back when my one lead tech broke his back? I do. I went out and picked up on his job thinking that without him, we're going to go broke. Oh my God. What are we going to do? He's our diesel tech. What are we going to do? So I went out there. I was out there for six weeks. I would say six to eight hours a day. And by the time I got him back and came in and sat down at my desk, I was at ground zero on my front end, what I expect from them, my parts guy, what I expect from him. I didn't do portals. I missed coach calls. I mean, I started at ground zero and I will never, ever, ever do that again in my life. I won't do it. I'm more valuable sitting in this office than I was out there turning wrenches, but I had to go through it. I don't care if I talk to three other shop owners that I really looked up to and they're telling me, Oh, Aiden, no, you can't do that. Don't I would have bucked it. I had to prove it to myself that that wasn't the right decision. I need to be in here. Do you think it's because most entrepreneurs are, are workers and they're, you know, always go, go, go that it, when they're not out there getting their fingers on everything, and in the trenches that they almost feel like they're not being productive or what, why do you think that everybody has so many people have that mental block that if you're not out there physically doing something and shoulder to shoulder working with your people and you're stepping away to do owner stuff in your office, that that's a bad thing. What is the, what, what, where's that limiting belief come from? Man, that's a good question for me. For me, it was a hundred percent, the financial scare. How, how long, you know, because there was a lot of unknowns. How well is he going to heal? How long is this healing process going to take? They're telling him four weeks into it, you can do a little bit of light duty. There's nothing light duty about working on a diesel. There's nothing. So when you say four weeks, does that really mean two, three or four? And I didn't have anybody filling the bench behind him. I didn't have younger techs quite ready to step into him overseeing what they're doing. I just, I got caught with my pants down and my first instinct is I'll just do it myself. But it was a hundred percent financial base. That was where my fear was right out of the gate. Inside 2020, I lost more money. I would have been money ahead, him not producing anything. And how do, how do I word this? Things just, no matter what, where I'm currently at in my life and in my business, I do play a role in how smooth things go, not saying that they aren't capable of it, but as I, I, I kind of consider myself an auditor now, looking at work orders, feedback on reviews, and that all went to the wayside and things started falling through the cracks. And by the time I got up here and started putting my fingers on things, I lost more money going back there than I did just making sure things were following processes on the front. I absolutely can't agree with you more there. So many times we look at that dollar, the revenue, you know, the sales coming in and we forget about that. The sales don't matter at all. It's your net profit. It's your gross profit. It doesn't, those top line sales don't matter. And we, we get hung up with, Oh my gosh, we're going to be X amount down in sales this week. But yep. you have to look at, you know, what the bottom line is and an owner not performing the CEO duties and, you know, making sure things are running smoothly and planning strategy and 
what are you going to do with the capital and, you know, growth plans, it's, it's detrimental. And so you, you do lose a lot more money, not being in that role as you are filling in. So I'm so glad that you mentioned that just even sitting here with you right now, it's been such a pleasure and inspiration to watch you over the years because five years ago, four years ago, seven years ago, you couldn't sit through 30 minutes without, your phone ringing and blowing up and some kind of, oh my gosh, I have to take this from walking out of meetings to handle things. So I just hats off to you. I'm not wearing a hat today, but if I had a hat on today, as you know, I like to wear a lot of them. I would take my hat off for you because it's it's just been a joy to watch and that evolution. And I hope that our talk and all of these, you know, weekly podcast helps spark something in someone somewhere to say, you know what, I can do this because here's all these other people just like me that never thought it was possible, that didn't know how, didn't think they could step away and found the courage and strength to, to do it. And so I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. And I definitely want to have you back because you have a wonderful thing going on with your mentoring program that you're involved in and and some of the other things. So. So any last bit of advice you want to uh, share with our listeners? I do. The only thing I regret is bucking the system as long as I did. And I think, I think us as entrepreneurs in the automotive industry, it's in our nature to buck things to an extent to fail. I think failure is a good thing. Just don't continue failing as long as I did. <laughs> so if there's anything I can give you advice on is, yes, go out, buck the system a little bit, fail. Just don't do it as long as I did. That's what I always tell everybody when they ask me, like, why are you doing it? And I just, it's like, I've made so many mistakes in business and in my life. It's like, if anyone could just have one week sooner that they stop doing whatever or start improving or make a change, you know, just holy cow. And you, you know, you're, you hit the nail on the head entrepreneurs, you know, usually have very strong personalities there. They see things that other people don't see. They have that can do attitude. And, and while it's wonderful for, you know, the business and all of that, sometimes it's like a double-edged sword because you get so headstrong on, I can do this. I can make this work. And it, it sometimes you can't, and (laughs) you guys don't like to see that. So, well, thank you again for sharing your story. And um, I really appreciate you and just love seeing your, your growth and, and you're now mentoring other shops and sharing with them. They're coming to you. And, you know, I know that you, really enjoy giving back because you were, you were the one asking all the questions a a few years ago, very short time ago. And so I, I just, it's wonderful to see it go for full circle, full circle. So uh, I will put your uh, link for the business and stuff in the comments because everybody needs to check out your new logos and all of that stuff. It's very awesome. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing Aiden today and everybody stay safe, make good choices and stay inspired. And we'll be back next week. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Maximum Optane, your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend 
And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas, or you just want to be a guest on my show, I want to hear from you. You can reach me directly at mlpodcast at autotraining.net. Thanks for listening and keep seeking information everywhere that you can. 